You're listening to Authentically Me, a podcast dedicated to activating the magic that is within us all through the power of authenticity, sharing, and transmuting with love. Here, you will find real-life experiences shared through the lens of everything is always serving. We are led through this journey by your host, Serena Rose. Serena is a ceremonialist who believes our life is just one big ceremony for our soul. Connect to your soul and enjoy the ceremony. Hello, Authentically Me Beauties. Thank you so much for being here. Your presence, your listening ears, and your heart are very, very much appreciated. I adore you. I adore your feedback. If you're not a member of the Authentically Me community yet, please hop over to Facebook and jump in, get to know me, my guests, and the community a little bit more. And I have a very special guest today, and how I met her was through an online community, actually, through Preston Smiles, who I've spoken of before on this podcast, and a six-month intensive program called Stretch 22, which is no longer happening anymore, but it was fucking epic and life-changing. And I remember crossing paths with Amber and just feeling like, oh, okay, finally, here's a coach that I can just like let it all go with and totally be myself. I have tears coming to my eyes just remembering that moment. And so please welcome Amber Valdez to the show. And Amber, would you please just tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Oh my goddess, thank you so much for having me. Hello, everyone. Thank you for taking time out of your precious moments of your human life to to hang with us today. I promise you it's going to be worth it. The amazing, beautiful golden nuggets and downloads. So thank you for joining and thank you for having me. Uh, Yes, so my name is Amber Valdez. Um, I am a former NFL cheerleader, reality star, and TV personality that realized that was cool and all, but it wasn't my soul assignment. It wasn't why I came on this planet. And I didn't realize that until going through a pretty intense dark night of the soul about eight years ago, um, where in the same six month window, I lost my father, uh, found out that my boyfriend at the time that I lived with was a sex addict having sex with strangers. Um, And after coming off a reality show that I was bullied on, um, on the set of E! News, I realized I just didn't want to be on television anymore. I didn't want to talk bad about my peers. I wanted to raise the consciousness of the planet, make a difference in the world, but that was definitely not it. Um, so that night I literally realized my dream was dead. My dad was dead. My relationship was dead. And I felt like I had nothing to live for. Um, my intention that night was to take a Costco size bottle of NyQuil PM and call it a wrap. And I ended up getting enrolled into a emotional intelligence training that completely saved my life. From that space, I dove deep into my shadow really faced off with why my life was a series of constant heartbreak, having money, not having money, running scarcity loops, um, and feeling this never enoughness that no matter who I interviewed or how much money I had or what celebrities I was hanging with, um, I never felt whole and complete or how much I worked out because I had an anorexia problem at the time and a, a workout addiction, but it never was enough. 
And through that experience, I realized why I was here. And then it was time for me to get busy and start executing my soul assignment. And so from that space, I became the life purpose cheerleader, which as of January 1st, I really retired that archetype because I realized that that too was a mask. That too was, I have to show up and be peppy and be positive all the time and drag people into their soul assignments and cheer them on. And it, it really just felt no longer, it felt like that version of me also died. And so, um, but for the last six years, I have been teaching lightworkers, healers, closet mystics, medicine women and men, um, star seeds to love themselves, own their worth and show them how to activate their purpose and also how to get paid for their gifts. So I've done that through my live video courses, um, my one-on-one coaching, my worldwide retreats, um, and really in my recent Lightworker Mastermind and my online membership community. And so I'm super committed to rallying the 144,000 lightworkers and supporting them in breaking through whatever it is that's holding them back from shining bright and giving their medicine to the world. So all those that need them can find them. So it's been quite a journey. And um, recently just, you know, left, I was in LA for 18 years, moved to the mountains a year ago after my dog Angel died. The voice told me that tells me a lot of things. Um, told me to move to the mountains where I was living up until for eight months. And then spirit said, you got to go. And with great urgency, um, two of my closest friends, one of which, you know, you mentioned or a gr group of my closest friends all moved out to Austin. So now we're all here in Austin, really activating the grid and um, really just loving it and being open and receptive to um, this new life and just really loving coaching these phenomenal 40 light workers in a year long program and just really seeing them all own their light, own their power and um, build really incredible businesses while also doing the healing and spiritual work at the same time. Because I think that and I'm sure we'll get into this, but there's just so many masterminds out there. They're all about the money and the results and they're really missing the point because I see so many people in this industry getting the money, getting the results, and they're still miserable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, and I saw that in the TV world, you know, going into that industry, wanting to find my worth and wanting somebody to tell me I was important, you know, and um, it's this just pit, right? This like never ending pit. So it's really exciting that I got to create the mastermind that I always wished I could be in, one that supported me with my spiritual growth and at the same time supporting me with building my business because really that's the root of it. And learning how to build our businesses from flow and working with the seasons and really honoring what's there for us instead of this like constant unhealthy masculine go 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 do 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 and that was really a catalyst in my business and what's having me uh, bring in almost seven figures this year so really 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 grateful to show healers and light workers and star seeds that you can make money doing what you love and you can be paid abundantly for your spiritual gifts and that's something that I'm committed to breaking through is this like martyr scarcity loop that so many healers have that have them feeling guilty for charging their worth and finding them in this constant loop of barely getting by because that just doesn't work for me. So um, I'll shut up now and, and let you take it over mama because <laughs> I can go all day with this stuff. I know it's awesome. I watched a series of your IGTV videos and gathered questions you know I like to have pre-written up questions before we jump in and I oh, wow thanks <laughs> yeah and on the first video I watched I just learned so much about you and I loved how you could just 
really rally your fire and your passion and speak to it. And it's just so beautiful. So I know I'm captivated by your energy and your flow and your word. And so I trust my listeners are too. So you don't need to, to shut up or anything like that. <laughs> it's not allowed here. <laughs> I jump on that train and I'm like, I start channeling and it's a wrap. So I'm like, I gotta reel it back in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, so a couple of things came up with your stories. Um, Number one is one of the videos I watched, you spoke about having come from food stamps to being where you are now. And so I'm just curious how that, where does that fall in your story and your storyline? Thank you so much for asking. It was so funny. I had a breakdown, mini breakdown with my partner last night around this, and I was actually able to reveal this. So um, I grew up on welfare. And on food stamps. Um, my mom was uh, mentally ill and my father was an addict. So that's a recipe for, you know, a whole bunch of fun. Um, and so I grew up, um, you know, being told we don't have enough. We can't afford this. We can't afford that. Um, even when I was, I got a job as soon as I could. And from as long as I can remember, I had two to three jobs at a time. Um, and I would like literally buy clothes that, cause I worked at JC Penney's, I would buy clothes and then I would like return them just to get new clothes. So like the kids at school thought I had money, but I actually did not. Um, and I remember one year, um, having to go to the food bank on Thanksgiving and to get food. And I remember how scary and confusing that was as a kid. Um, and like, remember getting like a bunch of expired food and just like going through the boxes and just, I just remember it's a really it's an interesting time because we're coming up on Thanksgiving here in the United States. And it just, I just remember that feeling of like, oh my God, we don't have any food to eat. And if it wasn't for these people, we wouldn't be eating food. And I just, just remember having so much gratitude for the, these strangers. And also at the same time, just really feeling like unsafe, right? Like, and really there was so many times in my life I felt unsafe um, by having a mentally ill mom, you know, being kicked out at the age of four. First memory I have is all my clothes being thrown on my Nana's porch and in her yard. So the going from food stamps to, you know, making seven figures this year is, is crazy and not crazy, right? Because it's like rewriting. I didn't go to college you know, we didn't have money for college. I shouldn't have graduated high school. I didn't study for shit. I was too committed to being the cheerleader for everyone and, you know, making run through posters and, you know, throwing events at school. Like my home was such a toxic environment that I was an overachiever in activities. So I didn't have to be at home mm -hmm. because when I was at home, it was intense. And, um, my mom would kick me out all the time and child protective services would come and I'd get arrested. And it was just, all of this chaos. And so I created this ridiculous work ethic of like, I'm never going to be broke. Um, but it was also from a fear place. And as I started my business, I also was always like, well, you got to make this work. And I remember when I first started my coaching business, I was blew through God knows, I don't know how I was a nanny to high profile families while I was a TV host and I didn't have a show on TV. So that means I didn't have a reoccurring paycheck. So it's like, you're a freelancer. You're like a gigger. 
And so I would interview this, you know, Hugh Jackman on the red carpet one week. And then the next week I'd be like nannying or working at the nightclub because you got to get by or uh, working in a diner. You know, I would clean houses. I would do whatever it took. And so it created this like drive and this work ethic. But as a nanny, I was making $2,700 a week. And I don't know how I blew through that money. Like I didn't have fancy clothes. I drove a fancy car. I have absolutely no clue how I blew through that money. But I found myself in a place where I was like, I need to do something. Like, I, I don't know why I keep ending up broke. I don't know why I'm not satisfied with the jobs. I've had every job under the sun. What am I going to do now? And it was coming down to the wire where I started eating canned foods again. And it's, it's interesting because like you start, you loop. I've noticed you will keep looping in your life, like every five to seven or 13 year cycles. And I was definitely in a well, I don't know what, I know I don't want to be on TV anymore, but what do I want? I know I want to change the planet, but how the heck am I going to do that? Who the fuck am I? Like, who's going to listen to me? Right. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm a, yeah. So that's when I went on Periscope and spirit had told me in a Kundalini yoga class, I had no money, but I was like, I need my Kundalini class. And there's the center in Los Angeles. It's a hundred dollars a month, Golden Bridge, or it was Golden Bridge, but, um, Tej was my Kundalini. I was like, I have to no matter what, I got to put this on my credit card because I have to go to class to keep myself sane. And in my meditation spirit told me to get on Periscope and Periscope was a live video app before Facebook live was even invented or Instagram live. And from that space, I went from 10,000 or 700 followers to 10,000 overnight. And I started going viral on um, Twitter and because Periscope was owned by Twitter. And that's really when my business blew up and it wasn't, I, I didn't, have a, I was coaching a couple people for like a couple hundred a month. Like I definitely was again, shopping at the dollar store for groceries. Again, I had so much shame and like, you know, guilt. I was saying no to my friends to go to these dinners and they're like, what the hell? Like I didn't have it. Like I literally didn't have money to go out to dinner. Um, and I just went all in. And from that point, I just started showing up two or three times a day, doing live videos, sharing my stories, sharing my truth. I got in a car accident. I was sharing about my pain. I was sharing, and I wrote a book called Sticky Affirmations to Live Your Purpose at the time. And I would use sticky notes to kind of share the story and keep me, you know, on, on track in my, my shares. And that's really when people started really relating to me is through this vulnerability and this authenticity and just showing up in total service. Like I didn't have an offer. I didn't have an offering. I was just showing up and giving all I got. And as soon as I dropped my offer, I literally had 28 people join my first program and I'm about to be on round 11 of that program. And that turn your crazy into your purpose bootcamp was created because my family thought I was crazy. I was being crazy, doing the same thing, hope, wishing and wanting a different result. Um, the definition of crazy obviously is, you know, doing that. Um, Steve Jobs is like the crazy people, the ones that can change the world. And there's just so many And then being called crazy is like the most scariest thing, especially when your mom is mentally ill. So, and all the things I believe since I was a little girl, like angels and fairies and manifestation and aliens and all this stuff that I believed everything was possible and felt like a black sheep in my family because my family just is Catholic and Christian and thinks that anything that's not Jesus is the devil. And, um, you know, just feeling like I didn't belong. And so I wanted a place where I could teach the, teach others how I turned my crazy into my purpose. And so I taught all the tools that I used and it really worked. And from there, went to the next one, went to the next one. And every time it's been 
it's been incredible and we have today over 600 students that graduated that program and that's really been the catapult for those that know don't know what they want but know this ain't it or those that know what they want but haven't been able to really attain the success to have them pay for their bills full time so it's like combination of the spiritually curious and those that are already on the spiritual path but are like all right something's not working so i need to figure this out and now we have support coaches and students from all over the world to australia new zealand mexico um scotland and beyond and so that really is the path of breaking the ancestral looping and the ancestral karma and the scarcity codes that have been running my family lineage Mm -hmm. Uh, especially on my father's side. And today's actually the anniversary of my dad's birth, human birthday, which is kind of cool that we're on this call. But I remember, you know, in July when I had a $400,000 month, I was just like, holy shit. Like I, there's nobody in my family that makes 400 a year, let alone $400,000 in a month. It was more like two weeks. Yeah. But the majority of that money came in probably five days. And I, it was almost like an out of body experience. And I, I literally just started to cry and shake because I just was like, it wasn't about the money for me. It was about the healing, mm-hmm. like that a girl who grew up on food stamps and whose father's dead and doesn't speak to her mother. And didn't go to college can create abundance by just being who she is and mm-hmm. just really wanting to help other people. And, you know, I invested three or four weeks before that I invested about 30 K in one of my dearest friends, Nick pigeon mastermind. And she's a Hay house author. And, um, I believe in paying your friends by the way, for their gifts. And, um, and it was interesting cause that was the most money I'd ever invested in myself. You know, before that it was like, 5k for a week long mastermind for my other best friend, Alexi Panos. But for me, it was like going all in on all in going, okay, I know I've got to help as many light workers as possible, especially right now as the new earth is being born and especially shit's hitting the fan. Mm-hmm. I need my fellow light workers to be all fucking in. And I need yeah. to find out how I can reach as many people as possible to help them right now, because we all got to be all in right now. And so it was like, who better than my friends to help me and to pay them their worth and not try to ask them to do, let me do it for free or whatever. And spirit blessed me, you know, over tenfold. And mm-hmm. it sounds crazy, but it's crazy to think that light workers shouldn't be paid that to help other people. It's crazy that we pay basketball players millions and millions of dollars a year to put our circular object in the fucking basket. Yeah. But we're not helping light workers and healers and, and starseeds mm-hmm. actually help people heal. Yeah. I relate so much to your story because my mom ha- has mental challenges and has also been challenged by addiction. I'm not sure if you remember that from working with me, but, um, and I think similarly to you, if or when $40,000 a month comes to me, I imagine that my breakdown would also not be because of the money. It would just be like, holy fucking shit, look at what I did, you know? Um, My mom has spent her entire life living off of the state and I have scarcity 
patterns and ancestral wounding and ah. similar things that I'm still in the process of breaking. And I often like, even still to this day, I'm like, what am I fucking doing wrong? You know, because I still find myself in the loops. Yeah. And my mindset is different. My energy is different. My drive is different. You know, I feel layers coming back and things coming into alignment in pure ways. And I still am not in alignment with the money that I wish to um, to have, that I feel worthy, I guess, of having, not in an yeah. egotistical way, but in a very humble right. way. It's a process, babe. I mean, it, it honestly is a, it's a process. And um, so many people are there, you know, and it's, it's deep. I mean, there's so many layers to that shit. Like, Number one, we are the environment that we, we grew up in, right? Like showing us how to brush our teeth. That's why we have mannerisms like our parents. Like it's real. The coding and the imprints is real. And it's like, not only are we dealing with the imprints this lifetime, but we're dealing with the imprints of many lifetimes. And we're dealing with the imprints of our mother, our great grandmother, our great, great grandmother, our great, great, great. So there's so many levels to that stuff. And then your past lives. Right. So all those other ones. So there's so many different DNA strands and codes when it comes to this stuff. So it's a lot of stuff. It's not just like one thing, but I will say that reclaiming our, our worth and re is, is a part of reclaiming our sovereignty, but reclaiming our abundance as our birthright. All of a sudden you would think like back in the day when I was like knee deep in my socialite girl in LA, it's like, I wanted a, I wanted a Prada bag. Like I wanted a, a fancy pair of shoes and fancy glasses so bad. It's so ridiculous now. And now that I have, you know, made a $400,000 a month, the last thing I'm going to do is go spend three grand or whatever they cost five grand on a stupid fucking purse. Mm -hmm. Right. But it's like, all of a sudden the money doesn't really mean anything anymore. You know, and I know that sounds crazy, but like, it's almost like, meh, right? Like you would think like, oh, I got it. Now I'm, I'm good. Right. It, in, in times it feels like there's safety, but I still find myself like feeling scarcity. And I want to share this story about this Yoda. So I was at a, at Target and I was shopping for one of my best friend's little girl's three-year-old birthday party, going crazy, spoiling her unicorn shoes and fancy dresses and pink sparkles complete opposite of me. Like there's nothing pink and sparkly about me. And so I was spoiling Alea <coughs> and I was in the toy section and I saw this baby Yoda and I was like, I grab it. I look at the price. It's $30. And I'm like, Oh hell no. So I stuck the Yoda back right now. I just had a $400,000 a month. Okay. Mind you. So I stick the baby Yoda back. It's the only baby Yoda. And I was like, you know what? I want that Yoda. So then I grabbed the Yoda. I put it back in my car. I go a little a couple hours away and I was like, Amber, you don't need a baby Yoda. Like that's just ridiculous. Like you're already probably spending three, $400 right now. Like that's so irresponsible. Put the Yoda back. <laughs> I put the Yoda back girl. Okay. This is like the third time. So then I was like, you know what? I go back. I grabbed the Yoda again. I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it in my car for now. We'll see if I change my mind. You know how you grab stuff at Target and you end up giving, putting half back once you get up to the register. I'd still do that. Mm -hmm. So I'm at the stand. I've got every single thing guys, like on the freaking cart and the baby Yoda, I set it aside. I grabbed it again. And I was like, Oh my God, this is 
ridiculous. And that is how real the scarcity wound is. Mm -hmm. I want the Yoda, my little girl inside, which I'm holding it right now for those of you that are listening audibly. It's on my, on my couch in my office. This thing brings me joy every time I look at it. Okay. Like, like a little girl joy, like a little doll. I wasn't into dolls when I was little, but this is stoking me out. Mm -hmm. Why was I going to rob myself of that joy? was because I made up the story that I wasn't worthy of that $30 Yoda. It was okay for me to buy all this stuff for Alea and spend God knows what on those sparkly shoes that light up when you walk. But I'm not worthy of $30 Yoda. Mm -hmm. And so it wasn't about the money in my bank account. It was about me not feeling worthy of this. Like I deserved it. And it was a waste of money. I was a waste of money. Getting a toy that brought me joy was a waste of money. Mm -hmm. So I still find myself doing that. I do that in the grocery store sometimes when I see like $8 box of crackers that I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. These are gluten-free. What are they filled with gold? Like I'm not spending $8 on these crackers. Right. And it's not that I can't afford the crackers. It's, it's just that there's still going to be these little vibrational threads of this worthiness stuff. And so this was a big step for me to like go, yeah, you know what? You might be 41 years young, but you want the damn doll, get the doll. If it's going to bring you joy, you are worthy of it and get it. Mm -hmm. And so scarcity shows up in so many different areas, but it really comes down to that. Do I feel worthy of it? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, again, relate. Um, and I have been integrating these shifts into my personal reality for probably the past three or four years now, including being at the grocery store or getting, you know, my version of your baby Yoda. <laughs> um, and yeah, I'm not sure what it is exactly for me, um, but I know that it works and I, I feel different. And again, I'm just still not like receiving it. So I guess, um, I wonder if it does come down to worth for me. I don't know. I'll have I think to there's that. very, very levels underneath it all, but I think that we have to be the container that's available to hold it. Mm -hmm. So if you would have dumped $400,000 in my bank account back when I first started the business, that would have been a bad move, right? Like I wasn't vib a vibrational match to be able to hold it. Mm -hmm. And I often tell my clients this and my students and my programs a lot. It's like, what if you had those 50 students right now? Like, could you even manage it with all you have going on in your life? And they're like, oh my God, no way. And it's like, we want the success. We want the money. But if we're honest with ourselves, we're not there yet. We can't hold it. You know, it's just like lifting weights. You can want to pick up that hundred pound weight, but like you got to work to get there. You got to work for your muscle to be strong enough to hold it. And I think that with scarcity and abundance, it's that thing. It's like you open and then you go back, you open, and then you go back, you open, and you go back. And it's like the rubber band pull, 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 pull. But for me, I started making and receiving the most amount of money when I started investing more money than I could afford, which is why that time I was telling you, I was stopping at the dollar store, eating out of the can, telling friends no to dinners. I ended up opening a 0% interest credit card with American express. Thank you. And I had no job. I lied about the money I made. Yes, I did. I lied about the money in my savings. Yes, I did. I lied about living at my residence as longer than I did. Yes, I did. I totally lied. And they gave me the damn credit card. And if it wasn't for that credit card, I wouldn't have invested that five grand into my first coach. And I probably wouldn't be talking to you guys today. 
because my boyfriend at the time called me crazy, irresponsible. You can't afford it. What are you doing? And I said, I can't keep doing life like this. I don't know why I can't break. I don't know why I can't make money and keep it. I don't know why I'm still here. At the time I was 34, maybe 35. I was like, I can't keep doing this my whole life. Mm-hmm. I need somebody to help me get off this loop, this crazy train, because I keep doing the same thing over and over. And I'm, I'm, I'm so confused. I don't understand why. Yeah. And so for me, every time I invest more money in myself than I, I can air quote afford or think I can air quote afford, that's when I do a massive quantum jump in my abundance. And then the next thing, you know, I'm getting, you know, ridiculous amount of business or clients. And the same thing kind of happened when I took last year off for a winter. I took off November, December, and January, and I never had taken a winter before. I was working with a mentor. She was like a thousand dollars a freaking call. Like, and I was like, Whoa, what are you doing? You don't have a program coming up. Like what the hell's happening? But I just had this deep level of trust. I was like, I am going to run myself into an early grave. I've got adrenal fatigue. I'm launching and launching and launching. I'm a crazy person. Yes, I had a $60,000 launch in four days, but I was working almost 17 hours. I was just, it's just not the way I wanted to go. And we agreed for me to take a winter. Mm-hmm. And I was so, it was, it was the hardest thing I ever did. Yes, I served my clients that I had in the people in my Lightworker membership community, but I wasn't launching anything. So I wasn't like actively trying to get more clients. And I didn't have any money coming in except for like maybe a few thousand dollars from the membership community. During that time, my dog died, all right, which was like reliving my dad's death all over again because I had her for 15 years. I was, it was, it was dark. It was hard. I had to, literally, she died in my arms. It was, it was gnarly. Mm-hmm. I did a ceremony for her with my girlfriends there, all the things. Um, and then spirit basically told me to move to the mountains and I moved to the mountains. I didn't know a soul. I'm a single girl who has fear issues because I had a stalker and was almost kidnapped a few times when I was little. And there's a lot of stuff there, but I knew I needed to, um, the voice, the same voice that told me to get on Periscope when it talks, I listen and it said, you're done here, move to the mountains. And I was like, what mountain? (laughs) And so I moved to the mountains and what happens? COVID hits. Mm Mm-hmm. But right before COVID, I went on my, one of my best friends, Sahara Rose's podcast, and I ended up receiving, I got six clients wanting to work with me in a week. And I had a $60,000 week after not working, actively working air quotes for three months. And when I invested in myself, I invested in slowing down. I invested in full on blind surrender. Am I going to be current? I wasn't posting for like a month. People are going to forget about me and I'm going to be current. Is anybody going to want to work with me if I'm not posting on social media three times a day? Like it was insane. All this, what they think I should do and what everyone tells you you're supposed Mm -hmm. to do online. And I don't fucking work like that. I never had funnels. I never ran ads. I created my entire business organically by being me. And I teach other light workers to do the same. I didn't build an email list. I didn't do any of that shit. And I want that for other people. And so I share that because when we invest in ourselves, whether it's to slow down or take time or take a winter, the universe will then invest in us. And I feel like every time I've done that, this blind leap of faith, whether it be, okay, spirit, this is the last money in my bank account or okay, spirit, I'm opening a credit card that I can't afford to pay. Okay, spirit, 
boom, that's when I raise my abundance code and all of a sudden my arms open up and then more money can come in because I put more money, time or energy out. Does that make sense? So spirit will meet you at the level in which you give, and then it will extend the money you wish to give if you just go into this blind faith of trust. But every single cell in my body was in complete fight because I was scared I couldn't survive. Like, I don't have mommy and daddy to call, like, yeah. you know, just me. And so I had to like, really, ha I had a very, very hard time with slowing down. I had a very, very hard time with trusting that I would be provided for if I took a rest, but that was a quantum jump in my business. And um, then when COVID hit, you know, my business exploded even more so because I was like, finally we're here. Now everybody can really realize what I've been trying to teach you all this whole time. <laughs> you know, people are like, oh shit, we really got to figure this out. We don't have a job to go to. I guess we got to really do our thing that we're supposed to be doing is like, yeah, no shit guys. You're supposed yeah. to be doing that the whole time, but now you actually realize that like it's go time. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I agree with that. Um, and I think, well, there's so much truth in what you said, because now that I reflect upon listening to you, it's like, could I have 50 clients right now? No, not with everything I have going on. I'm not the vibrational match. And so I love that. And this season I'm focusing on, you know, successful female online entrepreneurs with the intention of getting more clarity on what is missing or not missing, but just guidance for myself. And so I'm really grateful for you, for your stories and for your channelings that we're getting gifted on this podcast. Cause even as you're speaking, I'm like really receiving it and feeling it and reflecting upon it. And I can see little areas of my life where yeah, I could be a more aligned vibrational match to the life upon which I wish to create. And so what advice would you give to me or someone who's like, okay, I'm ready to be a vibrational match or to have blind faith. What advice would you give someone who's in that space? Mm, such a good question. Thank you for your vulnerability and for that beautiful question. So I think so many of us can relate to that. What do we do, right? Our human brains like doing, our human doing this. Um, for me, time and time again with myself and hundreds of my students and clients is we have to invest more than we can afford. And error quoting can't afford because like, well, Amber, I have $20 in my bank account. How am I going to invest in a thousand dollar program? That's the whole, you can't, you're not going to receive the money until you invest in yourself to figure out why you can't make the money, right? So you got to rewire your patterning and the fastest way to get out of scarcity is to invest more money in yourself than you ever have before to the point of where that's crazy to the point of sell everything you own to the point of make a way out of no way, clean houses, walk dogs, do Postmates, um, clean someone's garage, like be a maniac on a mission that like, you know what spirit, there is nothing more important than me serving this planet. And I'm willing to humble myself and do absolutely whatever it takes to create the resources, to get the tools I need to show up and serve, to learn how to build a business as a light worker, to learn how to be the container to hold money. Right. And 
because it's that it's that I can't afford it. Or if I had it, I'd, I'd work with you. It's like, you won't ever be able to work with me until you create the money. Mm -hmm. Right. And if you had the money, you wouldn't need to work with me probably. So, but maybe, but the case in point is like how spirit wants to see how far are you willing to fight for it? How far are you willing to sacrifice so you can have the life you were came here to live because it's initiation. And I think far too many light workers and healers in the spiritual path. It's like, they don't want to do the 3d job because they're, well, it's beneath them. Like I have literally walked dogs, cleaned houses and worked at a diner. Like I worked 38 days in a row with no day off, sometimes two jobs a day to create money. I needed to create mm -hmm. that level of rigor, conviction and commitment is what spirit wants to see. Okay. She's not playing around because I think far too many people in the spiritual community want to just meditate and think things just get to come to them. And they're missing that part about action and momentum because where energy goes, energy flows. Mm -hmm. And so we have to be, we got to go through the, the haze. We got to go through the initiation, right? We've got to be like, dude, spirit, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Move to the mountains where you don't know a soul and you're a single girl and there are bears and coyotes and this and that, they can get your dog, but you're just going to take your poodle to the mountains. People were like, are you crazy? I'm like, yeah, I think so. But when spirit says go, I go. Mm -hmm. And so when spirit tells me to launch a program, I listen, when spirit wakes me up three days in a row and says, Nick pigeon, Nick pigeon, Nick pigeon. And I'm like, what the fuck? I don't need a coach right now. Like I'm good. Like I'm taking a break. And I was like, yo, Nick spirit told me I need to work with you. I don't know. What do you have? And she's like, Oh shit. I got a mastermind open. I'm like, all right, a minute. How much? 30 K. Great. You know, I'll figure it out. And that's when I was coming off of not working. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think there's a level of like continuing to trust spirit. People are like, well, how will I pay my bills? How about don't worry about it? <laughs> because how much longer are you going to keep paying your bills doing the thing that you're not even supposed to be doing? You're stuck in the matrix, right? So mm -hmm. we have to jump out of everything we were taught and jump into this like other frequency, which is the 5d, which is where everything is possible and everything lives. And our brains in the 3d are what are fucking us because we're like, I got to pay my rent. So I got to do this thing over and over that helps me barely get by. And it's like, hold on a second. You don't have to do that thing. You're choosing to do that thing, but you're looping right now, right? The crazy train doing the same thing. Hope, wishing, mm -hmm. and wanting life's going to change. Mm -hmm. So open a credit card, sell some shit, um, humble yourself to ask for loans, um, work a bunch of crazy jobs and stack your chips, go resell stuff on eBay and like all this other stuff. Like there are so many ways to make money. There's task rabbit. There's Postmates. There's, there's so much stuff you can do to actually make money. I just think that a lot of people don't want to do that or they'll say, Oh, I don't want to go into debt. So it's like, you'd rather stay out of debt so you can have a gold star versus spending the money to get the tools you need. So the short is invest more money than you have, make a way out of no way and set that intention because that's you trusting yourself, trusting spirit. And without those two things in place, you're never really going to li live your purpose to the fullest extent. Mm -hmm. You're never really going to trust that God's got your back because you're still trying to control. Mm. Right. So there's so many levels to that. Mm. 
Okay, so walk with me, if you will. I have a story that's coming up Yeah. in my field, and it is a story that has been around and some layers got peeled back in a recent um, online challenge that I did. And the story is, I've done that before. I've done all of those things. I've worked three to four jobs. I've invested more money than I have multiple times. Right. I have done jobs that I don't want to do to get by, you know, to do the thing. And um, yeah, and I, I just signed up for another program and I don't have the money. And so it's like, I'm doing those things, but right. like, what am I doing wrong still, you know? So I guess my question for you is what I'm hearing is, are you going all the way in? Yes, I have made this program the number one priority. And when No, no, I mean, are you going all the way in on your mission? On my mission. Or are you still holding back? Hmm. I think I'm definitely still holding back, but I don't really know how or why I am. Right, so there it is. Yeah. So it's, it's that combination of let me get all the tools. But if you're still not going all in on all in, then that's where the tools are only going to take you so far, mm -hmm. right? It's like an analogy is popping in my head. I don't know it's going to work. So let's hope you've got the swimsuit, you've got the goggles, you've got like all the things and you're on the fastest boat. You've got the fastest flippers. Like you are shooting, you've got all the stuff. But if you don't jump in that water, you're not going to be able to win the race, right? It's the getting ready to get ready thing. Mm -hmm. so sometimes a lot of, a lot of people will invest in all the courses. There's a couple of people that follow me online that I, I, I see their faces right now. They just keep investing in all the courses, but they're still holding back and they're tippy toeing in and they're not just like, all right balls to the wall. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'm going to do the thing. I'm going to say the thing. I'm going to be the thing. And I'm not going to worry about what anyone thinks about me. Um, with no backup plan, mm -hmm. right? Like no backup plan. And I think that it's that combination of that, again, the trust in self, the trust in spirit. And sometimes it's releasing the need to get ready to get ready and just going all in messy AF. Mm -hmm. And then I would also say, depending upon who you're working with, sometimes courses aren't as effective as working with somebody one-on-one -on -one and actually having somebody help you cater your offers, cater your messaging and be very specific and then like fan that flame and getting you to do it. And so I don't know if you've worked with an intuitive business coach or if you've worked with someone that can like sit down and be like, tell me everything you're good at. Let's create an offer. Let's create a thing and now go out and promote it like a crazy person um, and, and live it and be it. So I, I don't know what course you're taking next, um, but I do know that every course you are taking is adding more juice to you and creating more awareness and capacity because when you finally do jump all the way in, you're going to be on fire because you're going to have all this beautiful training under your belt mm -hmm. that you're going to be able to pull from. Is that making sense? 
Yeah, it does. So I'm taking Sex and Love University, and it's incorporating sex, love, dating, relationships, and business into one. Um, so I've always been like body, body positive and sex positive. And um, listening to your analogy and stuff, part of why yeah, I'm just having like so much breakdown on this call with you right now. I'm like, what am I doing with my life? Where am right. I? Amazing. Great. Because maybe you're doing the thing that a lot of people do. They're just choosing to do the thing or do the offer because they think it's going to make them money mm -hmm. or it's safe or someone else is doing it, but it's not the thing that really lights them up. Mm -hmm. Right. So maybe up until now you've been playing it safe with your offerings and it hasn't really been the thing. It just feels like a good idea. Mm -hmm. And that could be why it's not landing with people. And also there's a, there's a level of when you're new to the business and you're creating a name for self, you have to show up consistently. And I think a lot of times people who are just starting their businesses will constantly be selling to their audience mm -hmm. and not giving value. So their audience is like, dude, you know, like you haven't proven yourself yet, but you're still just trying to sell me on stuff. And so it can like turn people off. It's like the taker mentality mm -hmm. versus the giver mentality. So there could be a couple different things that are happening. It could be too much take, not enough give. Um, and it could be like premature launching when you don't have the appropriate audience, mm -hmm. which happened to one of my doula clients. Um, her branding was legit. Her offer was legit. We created a dope ass course. The price was right. All the things were there. But when we unpacked the hood, everybody in her following was not doulas. Mm -hmm. She's just pitching this doula social media workshop to her homies, mm -hmm. right? And she's the only doula and her homies, right? So we had to work on her creating a doula audience and now she's doing great, right? But we had to pivot and she went into breakdown. And, and of course, cause like, oh, what's wrong with me? She ended up selling one person, which ended up being one on client. So it was great. But sometimes we're premature and we have to find our people before we start selling to four-year-olds that don't need your sex class, right? So there's a lot of different things that could be there, but that I think maybe working with a business coach who can get very specific with you mm -hmm. and kind of see what you've done, what's working, what you're passionate about. Um, because what I find when I do these sessions and these deep dives and these strategy sessions with my clients, I can hear what they love to do. I can hear what they're good at. And then I can create a course or an offering and then they're lit up. And then when they're lit up, it transmutes on her online. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, all the people that want that come to them, mm -hmm. but they were in their heads too much and were missing what they really needed to offer. If that makes sense and not feel confident to do it. I think that's also the power that we saw on stretch and you see in these big, bigger, bigger pods is that, you know, now like all my clients or students are all making reels. Like I'm coaching them on doing their reels and it's like, they're all just getting each other excited and you know, they're promoting each other's stuff. And you know, it's like becoming this organism and this family where there's the momentum. And I think like sometimes we go about it alone and we can't see, you know, like Michael Jordan didn't win the championship and then fire all his fucking coaches. Right. He hired more like, all right, I want to get better. 
You know, I want to keep my championships rings. I want to keep being the MVP. Mm -hmm. He could have fired everyone. And I think what happens too is sometimes people get a certain level of success and then they fire their staff. Mm -hmm. I'm good, you know, Mm -hmm. and then spirit's like, you know, so there's so many different things it could be, babe, but. Oh yeah. I mean, so much already has like resonated with the things that you've shared And it's funny because we create these stories, right? Like the scarcity story and all these other stories in our life. And then either knowingly or unknowingly, we consciously or subconsciously, we create with our thoughts and with our stories and our actions, our words, our reality. And so even in something like Stretch 22, I have reflected obviously since then and My small group, because for the listeners, it was a larger container that was broken down into small groups. And then you also had buddies within the small group and then coaches as well. And so my small group, none of them were online entrepreneurs, none of them. And everybody else's groups were like promoting each other and loving on each other. And I was like, what the fuck? I want all of that. Like I want community and I joined stretch 22 with the intention of wanting so badly community Mm -hmm. and tribe family. And then my, because it wasn't coming from the right place and I wasn't vibrating with what I wish to create, that's not what happened. And so we will continue to create scenarios even in like going all in or having these beautiful, honest desires to play out our stories, whether subconscious or conscious of it. And so even in Stretch 22, I was like, I'm all alone. I have nobody. I have no support. Like, I'm never going to make it online. I'm never going to do the thing. And so I got to really watch live all of these stories show up and they were reflected to me. And it's like, I know those stories are there, but fuck, now I'm just living with them and seeing them. And, you know, there is truth and power in investing in self, even if the desired outcome isn't what comes out of it, because we may not see it. And so I'm just wondering if you have anything to, to speak to in that. Yeah, got so good. You know, it's like we often get what we need, what not what it is that we think we want, you know, and I feel like probably that investment was worth every penny for you to see that lone wolf syndrome and that victim and that poor as me mm-hmm. and not owning your voice, not asking for what you want and making up a story that the other groups wouldn't promoted you because at the end of the day, it was one big group. And so you could have cultivated friendships with anybody in that community. You could have had phone dates and coffee dates and and brainstorming sessions. And you could have had 50 friends mm-hmm. promoting your stuff versus just your small group, right? But yet the lens in which you saw it was, was what you shared. So, you know, we're going to get our medicine some way, somehow. And it's especially because I'm dealing, I'm talking with a lot of my lightworker students right now, because some of them are comparing to the other ones that their businesses are really blowing up or they're finally launching their first programs or some of them business for six months or a year or whatever it is. Everybody's in their own process. Some of them are leaving husbands, leaving wives, moving across the country, healing from their dad's death, quitting their jobs at the hospital. Like girl, 
they're all in their own version of shed or rebirth or birth or, or death or whatever. And it's like, we can make ourselves feel like shit. Why aren't I doing the reels like Andrea? And why haven't I launched my archetype course like Lauren? And like, you know, there, I think that we can, human beings can get so stuck and the looking around everywhere and then looping in the why we're not good enough as a beautiful distraction mm -hmm. from our purpose. I've done it many times. <laughs> yeah. Right. And that's where the darkness works hand in hand with the ego, because as long as you're looping like that, the darkness is like, yeah, we got her. She's stuck. She's paralyzed. She's not shining light. Awesome. On to the next one. Let's go steal. Oh, let's go work with this person's ego to sabotage them. So they're distracted, whether it's the shitty relationship, whether it's the, my mom did this when I was five, whether it's, I was raped when I was 20, whatever it is, if you stay on it, you're distracted from your purpose. Yeah. And then you get to be right that you're not good enough or insert the blank. Mm -hmm. And so it's a distraction, a beautiful distraction mm -hmm. from your ego to keep you out of doing the thing that you're here to do. Yeah. And so we just have to go, okay, if it's not, from the light, it's not feeling kind and loving and amazing. We got to really reel it in and, and realize we're being psychically attacked. Yeah. So it's interesting because one of my strengths and areas of expertise is being a vulnerability expert and sharing authentically from the depths and the dark night of the soul. Yes. And so one of my personal challenges as a spiritual life coach is figuring out how to be that. And I notice some people that I follow, you included, you have these go-to stories. And I'm just recently accepting the fact that telling a story is medicine in and of itself. So it doesn't have to be necessarily, this is the layer, this is the thing that I'm vulnerably experiencing, here's my rawness all the time but I'm also so comfortable there. And so really finding my own way with that is part right. of the journey. Um, now, do you think that having that story like, hey, I came from food stamps and now I'm here or whatever those stories are, you know, how have you navigated being a vulnerable, authentic, spiritual life coach and not getting stuck in the vulnerability and the processing and all of that? It's a great question. So, I mean, I think that just like the seasons, there's going to be waves, right? And I think my rule in which I have a live video course that supports light workers and facing off their shadows so they can be vulnerable online and stop giving a fuck and, and dimming their light. And I think that being vulnerable all the time is should be your go-to motto and that means if you're having a great fucking day share it if you're having a shitty day share it like i just did a live this morning talking about the breakdown of my relationship over the weekend and then i took two days and spent time with lex and the kids and um you know jenna and her kids and just like left my house for 48 hours or long longer and was like i just need to be i need some fucking space and not knowing where I was going to go with the relationship. And we got a mediator, Jenna came in and did a mediation and Lex was going to as well. And really just ask for support because 
when we don't ask for support, we can drown and then we can really sabotage ourselves, right? And I think that for me, it was a lot easier to ask for support. My partner, not so much because he's put my friends on pedestals and all the other things. But I think the rule is share in the good times and share in the bad times. And if you can just share with what's alive, um, then your audience is going to feel like they can trust you. And for me, when I broke up with the narcissist, I shared, I shared about being a codependent recovery. You know, it was terrifying for me. I was shaking as I was sharing that a few years ago. Um, you know, when I did this huge video that went viral and telling people who I am, like I shared all the things from, you know, my ecstasy addiction to my exercise addiction to stealing when I was 21 years old. And, you know, just like sitting on 25 bags of weed on Christmas Eve when I was in a freaking relationship with a drug dealer when I was 19 and missing Christmas with my family. Like I shared all the shit and I created not only this level of trust and intimacy with my audience, but it got me confident to like not have a mask anymore. Here I am, take it or fucking leave it. And so I think if you can just remind yourself to always say what's up, just like yesterday, I cried for most of the day and those were crying the night before because there's a massive heart, open, a heart chakra activation coming through the planet for a lot of light workers. And I was in it. I did a, I did a fucking reel about it. I didn't have any makeup on. I didn't brush my hair. I just was like, I'm just going to shoot this real quick mm -hmm. and asking like, if you feel sad, like, and don't know why you're having a heart activation, breathe, you're loved, you're ascending. That's it. You know? And not getting into, Oh, I got to put makeup on and I got to get good lighting. And I got to like, you know, my face was swollen, you know? And it was just like, if you can just get into the, I'm just going to share no matter what, and no matter where, who I'm, who, where I'm at in my life, no matter what I'm wearing, no matter what state I'm in, if you can just make that your go-to, you won't have any hard time attracting business because I think what often happens is we try to put on a show. We try to show that we're vulnerability. We try to show that we're happy. We try to show that we know what we're talking about. We try to show and we get into this actor hat and I don't blame our society because we grew up watching people on TV and movies and we put actors on pedestals and mm -hmm. we shouldn't be acting online. And I think a lot of the reasons why people don't do well online is because they're fucking acting. Mm -hmm. They're trying to be like the person they saw or they're trying to do what so-and-so did and they're not trying to show they don't have their shit together. Right. And if I do, then no one will want to take my program. It's actually quite the opposite. And I think that that's what I've learned to master and I teach my students and it takes practice and it takes being super uncomfortable. And, you know, like even today I was telling my audience like, yeah, you guys all on, you know, they see Jerry and I goofing off on our stories and shit, but they don't see us when we're fucking screaming at each other and about to break up, you know, and him walking out the door and me crying outside barefoot being like, what the fuck God. And last night screaming with my drum and like, singing out to the moon in the trees last night and I was just like done mm -hmm. you know and like they don't see that mm -hmm. and so I had to tell them today I'm like you guys like meet your soulmate is no fucking joke like you're gonna do the work like your wounds are my wounds are all on fleek right now for my daddy wounds are all coming up I'm like wow thought I covered this in this program and 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 yes I did and 
there's a new level now that's being activated to be filled with more light. Mm -hmm. So sharing that today on my, my IG was super vulnerable, but it created some deeper, deeper intimacy and trust and connection with my audience today that I'm pretty sure somebody in there is going to say, wow, I really want to work with her, you know? Yeah. And so that's a thing we got to never, ever feel bad about being vulnerable. Um, but vulnerable doesn't have to look like crying your eyes out or in mm-hmm. breakdown or whatever. It just yeah. means I'm going to be true to what's alive for me today. Yeah, definitely. Um, thank you for all of that. And yeah, just relating and reflecting on it. I think, you know, some of the things that I've heard you say on this podcast contradict other things that I've heard other people say since I started this self-development journey and spiritual awakening journey. And I'm even noticing, like, for example, just just for those who are listening and tuning in, I'm literally like reevaluating my entire life and approach to business in my mind. Yay! We're doing this recording. So good. Yeah, totally. Um, there was an Instagram class I took probably like five years ago. And I learned in that class that people like your Instagram to be pretty. They like patterns. Oh. Clothes. <laughs> and I see so many people doing that. And I've always been like, okay, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to do it differently, but yeah. still like keep it pretty and in the, you know, realm of what I was taught. And so I'm just speaking to, you know, how everybody has their flavor. Everybody has their thing that works and it can work for a season and then it could not work anymore. You know, like yeah. I... I'm ready to not have a pretty looking Instagram or to yes. not do tarot readings anymore. If, you know, I'm going to go all in on spiritual life coaching and um, that feels like scary, almost like I want to cry just even saying it, you know, um, and I'm not really sure why just change or emotional attachment, but it's, it's pretty powerful. Oh, what a gift. Bless. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, listen to that, right? Listen to that nudge. It's like, what's the story you're making up about yourself if you stop doing tarot card readings? Mm-hmm. So I'm going to lean into that on my own, but something that I heard you speak of on some IGTV series was Um, zone of genius. And so like myself and many other creatives and people that I know listen to my podcast, you know, a lot of even mentors, I've heard so many people during this time say, don't put all your eggs in one basket, do like multiple residual incomes, not from a place of hustling, but just that's what's being recommended right now at this time. Not sure how true it is. I guess, I guess it's as true as we put stock into it. Um, but you know, I am a creator of many crafts. And so what advice would you give to someone who's looking for their zone of genius? And what does that mean? Mm, Thanks for asking that. This is so good. So when I first started getting the business, people kept trying to niche me down and it made me fucking crazy. What's your niece? What's your niche? What's your niche? I'm like, 
I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And I've always been a big believer in my niche will find me. Um, my people will find me. If you build it, they will come. You know, my favorite quote from Field of Dreams when I was a little girl. And it's never been more alive than now. Um, as long as your light is turned all the way on, all those that need your gifts, your medicine, your offers, your programs, your tangible goods will find you. Now, the frequency that you're emitting onto that thing, whether it's baby Yoda dolls or cell phone cases or crystals, whatever it is that you're putting out there, if you're really excited about it, now more than ever, is it gonna have wings? The old ways of the cookie cutter, third dimensional marketing schemes, that shit ain't gonna work no more because we're moving into a vibrational dimension, which means everything that holds bullshit, false, false flag, energy is not gonna land with those individuals who are awakened and waking up and vibrating at a different frequency. So if you love to create and you're a creatress, then you create and you create and you put it out in the world with no in expectations of anything coming back to you. Pure service. Mm -hmm. I say this to my clients a lot or clients that end up coming to work with me that have been in other masterminds and are not getting success. And as soon as they start telling me what they're doing, I know exactly why. Because they're putting themselves into a box because the coach of theirs told them to put themselves in this box and this is the way the funnels work and this is the way you do and you got to charge hard ticket for your first time out the gate. And I want to kill these coaches that are telling these people who've never launched a program before to launch a $3,000 program. When you have no results, you have no testimonials, you don't even believe in yourself because you're selling a cake you've never even baked before. Mm -hmm. Not only have you never baked it, but you've never even tasted it. Mm -hmm. And so I tell my students, look at everything as an experiment. Bake a cake, bring it to the party and see who likes it. Mm -hmm. And if people like me, like it, bake another fucking cake and teach yeah. them how to make their own fucking cake and sell the fucking cakes. Right? Mm -hmm. So I have a very non-traditional belief system of building your business. And that's why I love my mastermind because I don't fit into a box. And anytime I try to, I get fucked. And people are like, wow, I can't believe you built this whole business organically. I'm like, yeah. And I've never written an email sequence and they make me fucking crazy. And people can, you know, I'm having teams do it now because there are some people that like that stuff, but I don't read emails. Like I just, that's just not how I roll. I'm a video girl. It's, I, I like the vibration. Like I, I don't, mm -hmm. I I'm different, but there are people that like that. And there are people that have built that business. But what I'm saying is don't do the thing because you think it's going to make you money. And just like that girl who was told to do this one program and charge this, she had nobody sign up. And I knew that was going to happen. And then finally, when we talked about it and I gave her some tweaks, she got excited about the thing. And the next time she offered something, it landed a lot better because she was vibrationally aligned to it. Mm -hmm. It brought her joy. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you really want to teach? Not what do you think you should teach? Right. Not what's going to make money right now. Right. And anytime anybody's done it for the money, it fails. But mm -hmm. if they do it because they really fucking love it and they want, like, if your tarot lights your fucking soul on fire, you're not doing them just to get by and pay your bills. It's going to be a way different frequency during the transmission, right? You're not doing it out of obligation and have to, you're doing it because it brings you joy. That chi and that frequency is going to, people are going to feel it and then they're going to want it. Mm -hmm. And it's okay to be over shit. 
Mm-hmm. It's okay to be done with it. And it's okay for things to be evolving. You know, I killed life purpose cheerleader. People are like, oh, it's such amazing branding and marketing. And I'd be like, it's not marketing. Like, that's who I am. Like, what do you mean mm-hmm. it's marketing? Like, oh, it's so, such good branding. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ew, you know, and it didn't fit me anymore. Put the yeah. fucking pom-poms down and picked up my wand. And I'm like, here we fucking go, witches. Yeah, yes. I love that so much. And, and I'm also- terrifying too, because yeah. people, I'm fucking speaking light language and channeling fucking talent, sounds and tones. I'm like, okay, I'm going to be too much for some people. And that's okay. Not my tribe. Mm-hmm. But the tribe I have, girl, they're so dope and they're so loyal and they're so amazing and they have beautiful hearts and they're so kind. And like, that's who I want to roll with, Right you know, and mm-hmm. I'd rather have a thousand loyal ride or die tribe than like 20, 30,000 people that really don't know me, get me or really give a shit. Right. Definitely. Or that are just there to watch you fail. I've learned that one too. It's like, who's here to cheer you on and who's here just like watching, waiting yeah. for a train wreck, you know? Yeah. And enjoy because those guys are just, you know, admirers in disguise. So yeah, I would say do it all. Like I have a mastermind. I have a membership. I have one-on-one stuff. I have retreats. I got a hit the other day. My team was going to fucking kill me, but I got a hit the other day. I was like, Oh, I need to do an 11, 11 activation. Like, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Hold on a second. What do you mean you're going to do it? We're, we're, we're teeing up. Cause I have a launch a challenge, a challenge coming up. I've never done a challenge before. I'm excited about it this time. So I can help a lot of people activate their purpose and play with me for five days. It's going to be amazing. And my team was like, whoa, 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 hold on a second. And I was like, no, it's fine. I'll just do Instagram stories. I'll just have so-and-so make me a fast thing. And I didn't even know what I was going to do, but spirit told me to. And when spirit tells me to do something, I do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm so glad I did. It was such an intense, powerful, amazing activation. I got so many DMs. It was free. It was a little hour over my time, completely changed went to different portals, dimensions. It was light language channeling. It was amazing. I had like 80 people on. Mm-hmm. And I created these new connections and these new friendships and bet your bottom dollar, probably some of those people will probably take my next program. For sure. But I didn't do it to make money. I did it because I was told to. And I was like, I want to gather. Mm-hmm. I want to sit in sacred circle on 11, 11. I want to intend and magnify the intentions. And I want to teach people to like cultivate this energy that, and this power they have. Yeah. And it came from pure heart and service. Yeah. And it was successful. And I've done other things out of ego and it's backfired in my face, trying to race people to the offer or whatever else. And it's like, it's not aligned. Yeah, absolutely. So for people who want to do what you do and connect to spirit to receive guidance surrounding their business, what advice would you have for those people? Mm, I would say number one, you get to take my challenge. Um, if you watch listening to this after the challenge, you get to take a masterclass of mine. If you're listening to it after that, you get to take um, a program because that is the key. Like the number one key is to work on your connection to the divine, mm-hmm. to learn how to turn your cosmic Google on to learn how to decipher and discern between your whispers from your ego versus your whispers or yells of your ego versus the whispers of your soul. Because as soon as I learned to master this, to listen to the voice that told me to go on Periscope, 
that sounded like insane. The voice that told me to the move to the mountains that was insane. The voice that told me to do the 11, every, any other time, if I hadn't practiced opening my channel and mastering this connection, when I would get those whispers, I would just dis dismiss them. Mm -hmm. And I think so many people are dismissing their guides and their angels all day long. They're like, oh, that's crazy. That's crazy. They don't understand that God, goddess, I am is literally telling them exactly what they need to do to make their life so much fucking easier. But their ego is making them up stories that that's crazy. That doesn't make sense. So the number one thing you can do is master your connection with the divine. Yeah. Sit every day, learn to listen to the voice. And, and once you learn to tr practice trusting that voice, I've trusted that voice so many times. That's why when my voice says do something like the last time during COVID, I killed turn your crazy in your purpose. I was like nine rounds. I'm done. It was a good run on to the next. Mm -hmm. I killed both my programs. It was so dramatic. I'm like, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to do like, like shine anymore. I don't want to be like for chill anymore. Let me just burn all the boats. Right. And I was like, fuck, what am I doing? And like some friends of mine that do really well in real estate, like 20 million a year, like, I would never do something like that. That was bringing me in revenue. You're fucking crazy. And I was like, yeah, well, I know I'll call my program. Turn your crazy. Believe me. I know I am. I was like, I'm trusting. I'm going to be the space for something else. So during COVID spirit goes, I woke up in the morning and spirit was like, you need to run, turn your crazy in your purpose. And I was like, right. It's a fucking pandemic pandemic. People are tripping. People losing their fucking jobs. Who the fuck is going to pay $3,300 to do this program right now? Like, yeah, fucking right voice right mm -hmm. spirits like oh no you're not gonna do it for that you're gonna do it for a price that everyone can afford i'm like hell no like i'm pissed <laughs> like i went outside and i was like i don't want to you mm -hmm. know like that's so not only am i gonna be in service but i'm gonna have to do it for close to nothing like i've worked my ass off to get this program to where it is like this changes people's lives like this is the catalyst to people's freaking People are on fire. They manifest soulmates. They create their businesses. They forgive. They let go. They move. They go through divorces. They do. This is the thing. Mm -hmm. What? Spirit's like, do it. And I'm like, oh. Right? So I do it, kicking and screaming. Was it beautiful? It was amazing. So much healing, so much growth. And out of that, half the people went in my next program, half the people went in the next program. And out of all those 25 graduates of Light Your Life and Live, there were 52 in. 25 join my mastermind mm -hmm. and what happens 25 of those people paying me $10,000. Right. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is if I didn't learn to master my connection to the divine, I wouldn't be able to hear these things and listen and trust it. Yeah. And so we can't afford to not have that relationship really strong. Yeah. And we're all so intuitive, but we've just been bogged down by society and technology and parents that didn't know any better and the patriarchy and everything else mm -hmm. um, that we've got to take our, take our power back and take our intuition back so we can really succeed because life will get so much easier if we learn to listen to that voice versus all the other voices that are trying to screw us up. Yeah, definitely. And just to add like another real life layer to what you just said, um, I have this story that arose that I learned being a hairstylist, which is you never lower your prices. 
And so I have carried that with me for so many years. You never lower your prices. You raise your prices, but you never lower them. And so, you know, I could translate so many stories from my hairstylist career into, you know, spiritual life coaching career if I did not have my power and know my worth and so many other things. And so, yes, you know, our society and our wounding and our stories and the stories don't just come from mom and dad. They come from everywhere. And there's so many layers that we interface with in this life. So it's breaking down those layers. And I just wanted to add that in there. Thank you so much. There's so much of what we were taught, right? For the pretty Instagram to the to the don't lower your prices. It's like, there's all these imprints, right? That like we take as truth, as absolutes. And it's like, it, it, it just like with the Catholics, you know, like you can't get divorced. It's cool. Your husband's cheating on you or beating you or molesting your kids, but you can't get divorced. It's mm-hmm. like, come on, right? Because who said so, right? Like, <laughs> and we believe these things to our core. Yeah. And then we, then we get, then we become hostages to them. So yeah, there's no rules. There's actually no rules in life. Um, and then being mindful if it's a scarcity move, like, was that a scarcity ploy to lower my prices or was that direct orders from the big dogs? You know, like that's where you also have to discern if you're the type of person that's always lowering their prices. You know, I struggle with that sometimes because I don't want to leave people behind was a story I was running oh, lightworkers and healers are broke. And if I say no, then they're not going to get to join. And, da, 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 and then I'm not going to help them. And then I got myself into a whole lot of problems by letting people in the group that probably shouldn't have been in the group and caused more problems for me mentally, emotionally, spiritually, financially. It's just like, you know, I learned a lot of those lessons of not like trying to save the world either and coming from my wounding. And so there's so many layers, but uh, thinking outside of what you know to be true and seeing like, if that narrative is still serving you and yeah. if you just change it or pivot. Yeah, definitely. Um, so do you have any other advice or last words, offerings that you would like to share with my listeners today? And by the way, in the show notes, there will be links to your offerings and to your social media mm-hmm. and all of those things. So please click the show notes and get in touch with this lovely goddess. Thank you for that. Um, I guess I really just want to say, like, if you never hear me again or never hear from me again, I just really, really want you to remember that you matter, that you are worthy, that your purpose matters, that you did not come on this planet to suffer. You came on this planet to thrive. Abundance is your birthright. It's not just a fucking bumper sticker. And Everything that's happened to you up until this point was predestined to help you. It's your spiritual curriculum. It's your journey. So embrace the learnings and the lessons so you don't keep looping. And don't be scared to get support for someone to give you directions to a place that you've never been and somewhere that they have. And I think that we oftentimes are asking way too many people for directions who've never been where we want to go. And so surround yourself with people that speak your language, that have you feel good about yourself, that inspire you, that help you see it's possible and know that you're not crazy for wanting more. You're not crazy thinking that you can do the thing and 
get the tools to do whatever it takes to remember why you're here and to remember why you incarnated into this planet. Because it's not just to buy shit and watch TV and go into debt. It's not just to work a job that you hate and come home and sell your soul. You actually came here to be a human for a reason. And there's tools available for you. There's communities available for you. And please, please do whatever it takes to not waste one more day not knowing why you're here or one more day suffering um, and surrounded by people that don't get you and celebrate you and love you because your soul family is there. Um, we give our blood family way too much credit. So mm. that's what I have. And you're so loved. Thank you so much, Amber. It was an honor to have you here today. Thanks for having me. Thank you for being here. It is an honor to share with each and every one of you authentically. Tune in and visit the website authenticallymeradio.com. You are exactly where you are supposed to be, doing exactly what you are supposed to be doing. And you are loved.